I'm Angela. I'm Naomi, and welcome to Queerly Yours. We are two queer, polyamorous folks who have often been asked for relationship advice by friends, so we decided to put our insights on the internet. This is a podcast about how we have built our relationship over time, and how you can build yours too. And we've taken a bit of a unplanned break <laughs> uh, for a number of life reasons, but we are back now, and we decided in part that the right topic to come back with would be one that has kind of been one I feel like I know I've reflected on, and I imagine you've reflected on a little bit during this time too, which is shared creative projects with partners. How that works, what that looks and feels like, what the positives and the pitfalls of that can end up being. It's been a bit. Do we remember how to do this? I don't think we ever really knew how to do this. We just kept conversation going while recording and just tried to see what would happen. That's entirely fair. That is a good summary of what this show looks and feels like. <laughs> but I think it's fine that way. And, and I think being honest about the fact that we are really just two people with who are trying to create our own lives while also trying to do little projects that often end up being side hustles or things where depending on if the energy input or the sometimes like monetary output from it are worth it or not then we have to decide what to shelve for a little while and this has unfortunately been one of those things where full disclosure Naomi is the producer on this and often the editing work falls down to them and having been someone who's been doing my own side hustle of providing uh, music for TTRPG campaigns I've become very quickly aware of how even just a few minutes of editing a small musical selection can be incredibly both frustrating and also time-consuming. So Naomi doing like nearly an hour of editing actually takes quite a long time and is part of the reason why some things have been delayed because Naomi has a job outside of this and other life things and I also have life things outside of this. Because, yeah, that will mean we'll have to figure out new things about how to record. And I think one thing with the podcast in particular is that I feel like in a lot of cases, shared creative projects, they're not necessarily just about the abstract concept of a project. They're also about structurally what that looks and feels like. And when we started this podcast, it was, though that wasn't our sole theme, it was functionally a long distance relationship podcast where we were two people dating each other, living in different states. And so... On a structural level, we figured out the logistics of how to record when we weren't in the same place and how to schedule that and how to do the audio work for that. And it also was a kind of emotional anchor because we were in different places and it was a way to make this formatted time to check in with each other and to think about how we were doing and feeling in just our own lives in these different states. And now we live in the same house. <laughs> And I think I mentioned it the first time we recorded an episode in the same place. The pro is we get to look at each other, and you're really charming. The con is, honestly, it's a much weirder audio setup to record in the same room, because we don't have a mixer. I'm, I'm doing the most finicky, non-ideal things on my laptop to make my laptop understand that we have two microphones. We would like both of them to record separate channels, please. And it's also the case where we're trying to figure out our time for when we want to do this with what will soon be vastly different schedules because Naomi will be doing like roughly coming home around like nine to five ish kind of hours almost and I will be doing a swing shift which will be like 4 p.m to midnight so we'll yeah. be having to find our time to do this but morning recording maybe I don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll figure it out in terms of sleep schedules and all that but I think it's helpful to have had a little bit of a break to figure out like when we wanted to come back to this organically. And I think that's probably one of the pros of trying to do a creative venture of any kind together is that we're trying to figure out just what works for us. Because 
I don't see this necessarily as something where we're making money off of it per se. We're mainly doing this as a means of just when we have topics that we want to cover, when we feel motivated enough to put in the time and energy to just sit down and talk for like an hour and see what comes of that in terms of our personal insights and comments. We just we find the time to do that and we do that. And tonight was one of those nights where we had we both had some time. We had some energy and we wanted to go forward with that. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to think of what are good framings for looking at this from an episode perspective. And I feel like the the person who suggested this phrased it as sort of like what are pros and pitfalls of creative shared work. And I'm thinking about what some of those look like or how we might want to go through them. I feel like pros of sharing creative work with a partner, one thing is just that especially if you're in a long-term relationship, sometimes you you can be a little bit in a rut, whether or not you're trying to be, even if you don't feel like you are in one socially or emotionally, just structurally and in your time. You're going to develop a lot of patterns and rituals, and that's not a bad thing, but it is a thing that then structures how you're interacting with someone. And a shared creative project can be, on a certain front, a kind of new spark or a different way to relate to someone and to get to see different elements of them which can be really generative and exciting, especially when it's with someone who you already know really well. You get to engage with different dimensions of who they are and what they value. Yeah, and I think, sorry to take an example for that too, we also have to think about like credit in a way, or so what equal input is from both of us. Because for example, there'll be little ideas that come up for, for example, me when I'm doing uh, TTRPG campaigns, I namely run D&D 5e campaigns and a lot of the credit for certain creatures or ideas for a certain arc will come actually back to Naomi and I'll often frequently credit them or say like thank my partner for this to my players who deal with it because I never wanted to be the case that any material I've ever done goes without the citation of the people who put in time and energy into it because one it's just good to cite the people who put in the work into it. You academic. And it's also just like there's a lot of people who on like Twitter and Instagram and other media social media have like tried to pass off or gain attention from certain bits of work, even when they're not trying to be like, even when they have properly cited it, when they don't put the time to emphasize like, no, this comes from a history or a lineage. I think part of that also gets back to what is morally the right thing to do. And I think part of being both involved in creative ventures means that we have to remember that and that. For us, because it flows naturally from our relationship as well, a pro of that is that we tend to take a lot of time to think about it and how we best want to just credit each other or how we want to best talk about what's fair. Because, for example, if this podcast were making more money, I would be perfectly fine with saying that like Naomi should have more of the money coming from it. Because Naomi, in turn, in like, yes, it's a podcast where we are both co-hosts. And yes, more money for both of us would be great. And we eat the same food for the most part and live in the same house, so it all kind of loops back even when we're paying our own rent. But even with that being the case, Naomi does put in a lot more time and effort and work to actually make these episodes happen. Editing, as I said before, takes a lot of time. And so them having like the quote-unquote okay from me to like have more of the, if we were having monetary compensation for this, that element, like at least established early on, is critical to me. And as part of what I think goes to a pro of how we do creative ventures together and what doing it with a partner or just doing it with a close friend happens to be. It's just we think about just not only like, yes, we are partners who want to try and do have this relationship done in a way that's fair to both of us. But sometimes fairness doesn't equal like 50-50. Sometimes it means, no, Naomi does more. Yeah, 
thinking about it in terms of equity and justice involves thinking about what structurally is actually happening and how are people involved and what do they need off of it. And in this case, yeah, production is very different than just the recording part. It generally takes me upwards of two, sometimes upwards of three hours to edit one hour of audio because I go through all of it pausing frequently because there are editing glitches that you cannot predict by speed skimming it or just using blanket editing tools that affect the whole track. I wish I could trust audio software to fix everything for me that way, but I can't. Sometimes someone drops something upstairs and it rattles through the whole audio, and I don't want to hurt all of your eardrums, so it creates a different dynamic. But I feel like, again, kind of to frame this in terms of a pitfall, I feel like something that folks may fall into when they're doing creative work with people they're in close relationships to is assuming that the relationship is a substitute for formal agreements, and that's both in some cases actively financially or emotionally dangerous, but even if it isn't, it's just clunky and awkward and means that you're carrying in assumptions that may vary wildly between people and gives you a chance to end up with resentments that are extremely avoidable. Because, yeah, I didn't want to assume that Angela would or wouldn't want to be part of the financial dimension of this if this podcast started making money. As it is, it sort of technically makes money in that I have put, I think, about two things related to the podcast on my Patreon. But my Patreon is almost entirely backed by people who are already dear friends of mine and know me personally, and I think they would give me money for basically anything I put up there. I love them all dearly, but there's like seven of them, <laughs> and they know me all independent of podcasts or RPGs for the most part. So it's hard It's hard to claim that that money is directly because we're making the podcast. But again, and that gets to sort of one of the themes that we've talked about many times on the podcast, and that like part of where you have relationships go awry is that you make the assumption that not needing to communicate will lead to things being okay, which <laughs> sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but really that's the case because when you're talking about like friends going into a partnership together, if you're talking about even just people collaborating on a piece of writing or we frequently do back and forth talk about TTRPG design and such from very different perspectives, you might think, oh, well, you have this perspective because I know you from this, so obviously you're going to want to do this with the project or oh, we both see this project as a relatively frivolous thing when it might actually have a lot more emotional baggage than you thought, which is frequently the case when I'm involved in things because I don't always realize how much emotional intensity I have placed on certain projects until like deep into it. And I'm like, oh, wait, actually, because I do or rather have done writing more professionally for a long time, it carries a lot more weight for me, even when we're talking about like relatively like, quote unquote, frivolous things and as has been said many times before on the podcast do you need to be able to talk about that with whoever you're working with whether they're a partner or just a close friend or someone who you've known for many years if it's a business venture or if it's a creative venture you need to be able to be clear about like what are your boundaries around how you talk about dimensions of it about the workload about what your goals are for the project if you don't have any great that's fine you don't need to know the entire nature of what you plan to get out of this thing you're doing are but you have to have the capacity to talk about it freely and openly with each other. Absolutely. I'm also thinking about this, I feel like in the frame of the question as it was posed to us that we're using as our prompt for this episode, it was potentially more about creative partnerships with romantic partners. But as is generally the case on our show, really what we're talking about is close relationships and romantic partnership is one common dimension of that, but it's far from the only one. And I'm realizing 
a lot of my sort of conceptual data on this too is from the fact that I've also done a lot of shared creative collaborative work with my mom and like my honorary aunts since I was a teenager. They were some of my biggest work mentors into learning how to be a freelancer and a lot of why those projects were as positive as they were and a lot of the reason that I've continued to do occasional collaborations with all of those people is that they understood and still do understand, again, that those relationships are not substitutes for agreements. And I think at the same time, there's also an acknowledgement that it doesn't mean that there's the exact same type of professionalism that you'd have with someone who's a stranger to you outside of a business project. We definitely have somewhat more casual language in emails sometimes, but even then, not always. I feel like on some fronts, it makes me really think about making sure I am giving the kind of formality and respect that I think a work relationship deserves, even if I know someone in other more casual contexts, to still acknowledge that they are a person doing full and important work, and that even if we have casual relationships, that doesn't make everything we work on together casual. We can still be trying to do something complicated and professional with deadlines and messy dimensions to it, and that that's important too. The relationships are not a substitute for that kind of attention to detail. And I feel like that combination of this mentorship where they already knew me just as a person, along with a willingness to kind of mentor me through what it looks like to be a freelance professional, made a huge impact on me. And so I feel like that's a huge potential positive that can come out of those relationships. If you have a shared rapport with someone already, they may have more sense of what it looks and feels like to really support you and what will make you feel supported and what opportunities for growth you might have through the creative work that you're doing. Uh, in the case of those relationships, I learned a huge amount about copy editing and copywriting and tracking my data and making invoices and all these crunchy details that are not necessarily the funnest parts of freelance work, but are really important parts and have carried me forward in really good ways. Sometimes love and care looks like sharing someone <laughs> the really detailed spreadsheet format that you've made and been using <laughs> to track your expenses. And that can make a huge difference for someone, too. Skill sharing tends to involve a lot of intimacy. And and that can be, in terms of a more silly look at a pitfall, that can be a case where, like, if you're involved with someone, you're like, hey, let's try and learn this thing together, and you actually don't get anywhere with learning it because you're being cutesy with each other. That can be a more silly but very honest pitfall, is that if you just get to being cuddly or schmoozy or what have you, when you're trying to actually get something done, it can be a bit of a deterrent to getting work done when you're just like, oh, I want to work on this thing two hours later. Oh, yeah, I, I, want, I needed to work on that. But we spent two hours watching stuff and cuddling and other stuff, which is not bad to do that if you're in a relationship with someone. But it can be one of the more time suck, cute, <laughs> but also not helpful elements of doing creative projects together is that if it's just if every time you're trying to work, it just becomes a time to be silly or not actually focusing on things then that can actually prevent you from doing the work you want to with someone otherwise have a more quote-unquote formal or less intimate relationship with as well yeah there can definitely be the element to where i know part of what's been happening with us is that when you're thinking about what it means to have relatively limited free time or to be figuring out your schedule and you want to get to spend time with someone you care about do you, does the creative project feel generative and like you're really getting to do shared social time or does it feel like a type of work that is in some way taking away from social time? Because if that's the case, then it can be hard to feel like you can let yourself budget time for it because then it becomes in competition with other things that matter to you or to the relationship. And that, again, is a dimension you don't necessarily get in the same way when something is just a job. Then it's more likely that there's time that you just know you have to put into it. 
and maybe it feels in conflict with things, but there's less of a sense of you being able to choose whether or not you're then going to just not do it for a bit. I also feel like there's the dimension of thinking about, oh, let's try this new thing together, learn this new skill together, or do a creative project that maybe we're new to. That also opens you up to a lot of vulnerability because it involves someone getting to see you learn something and maybe not be good at something. It also contains the potential that maybe one of you takes to something really strongly and the other one doesn't. And how do you navigate that if you don't have the same balance of investment or if one person ends up feeling a lot more proficient or comfortable with a project or an idea than the other person? And depending on your relationship dynamic, that can make you feel vulnerable or defensive or awkward. I know that's something, and I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast much or not, but we both love music and I love the times that we play music together. But I'm also honestly musically intimidated by you. You have a lot more formal training than I do. On uh, Your guitar training is wildly more extensive than my ukulele training. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily more extensive than my flute training, but it certainly you are better at improv on your instrument than I am on flute or ukulele. And so I feel like that has been kind of a stumbling block for me for a long time in terms of thinking about what would it mean to collaborate on music with you or what are the ways that that might look. There, there's a tenderness with like being open about the kinds of things that matter to you because there is that sense with sharing those projects with someone else that they have to see that part of you that for you, you've never had to think of it in terms of like someone is better than you at something <laughs> and then some, having someone just show up and be super enthusiastic but very quickly demonstrate like their command of a certain skill in certain ways vastly dwarfs your own is it's a humbling thing and sometimes when that's paired with a context where you feel a sense of obligation to follow through with a hobby like for I know I've heard cases where people have like let's start let's start doing this fun thing together like some kind of hobby one person isn't as interested but they're like but weren't you the one who got me interested in this I'm like <laughs> yeah but uh, maybe I'm not that interested anymore being being open about that it helps avoid a lot of problems later on because obligation tends to just not go very good places when it become when it it's rooted around emotional tension especially when that tension builds to something like resentment you you never really want to be in a place where you resent your partner just for being who they are or for what they're interested in unless it's like a terrible terribly bigoted kind of thing then shame them tremendously but that's not us but bigotry doesn't count as a shared creative project Bigotry is just being a shitty person. Shame Agreed. them for this. But um, and also it's just like that, those are things that have come up for us at times. And I, I know that that's been the case where we've had not necessarily around creative ventures, but on other dimensions of our life had to deal with jealousy of just each other's quote unquote talents or ability to be involved with certain projects like Naomi's had that around music. I had that in regards to Naomi when they got into a master's program that there was an element of like stress and feelings of inadequacy and like a lot of the a lot of those things we've had to do the thing that we frequently default to in our advice on this podcast which is we just had to actually talk about it and be upfront about those things because there's a I think as both a pitfall and a positive of working on creative ventures especially uh, with others and especially with people who are close to you there's the tendency to want to be careful around people's emotions and that's a good thing because that means you care about one another and you might be more actively empathetic 
than you might otherwise be with someone who you're close with as opposed to a stranger where it's like their opinion might not matter that much to you but it also means you might try and be protective of their feelings in a way that doesn't reflect what is actually best for the both of you or hell even just yourself in a way that your partner would probably also want to see be helpful uh, be supportive of your well-being because i think when those instances come up of feeling jealous or uneasy about it that comes down to like your own things you have to solve that are being projected towards a partner and a lot of figuring that out is just talking about it and being honest and being like I, I can't take back for example all the years of like music knowledge and training that I just have picked up out of my own interest and I wouldn't want you to they're delightful also they've made you money lately yeah they made me money that's that's that is kind of nice that is this is a nice thing about some creative interest too you can't actually get some money out of it sometimes yeah although that's also I feel like a neat case for Noting another element that I'm thinking about is that often I feel like a positive with doing projects with a creative partner you're close to in other ways is that sometimes you're able to do really cool skill balances if you've got shared interests, but you're interested in different ways or for different reasons. Angela's been doing music commissions lately. She is a much more accomplished and trained improvisational guitarist than I am. Uh, I, however, have used Audacity more than her. So I have been able to help her troubleshoot things about her recording setup when she has been recording. And so there are ways that neither of us necessarily planned to make something a big collaborative project, but we still are looking for ways to support each other and think a lot about what does it look like to support each other as partners in the projects that we're doing. So when we, I realized that that was something I could help with, it was something that I was happy to lean into. And it was fun for me on a certain front, too. It meant that I got to think about different ways to use the recording tech that I learned through this podcast. In part because you would not have been exposed to some of the things like, oh, there are effects pedals on here that happen. And you're like, I never would have thought of that because I never had any reason to look at that. Yeah, I, I don't need to reverb us to hell and back. <laughs> but you were trying to make a guitar sound like an oud, so... There were some different priorities. And I feel like that's a positive, like we've probably mentioned already, but that I think should emphasize too, that is that you bring out a lot of each other's strengths at times in creative projects when they're going well. There's an element to just figuring out that like you as a person don't know a certain skill, don't have a certain skill set as of yet, or are just not as good at certain things. And bringing on other people, especially ones you're close with to help you troubleshoot or to help you collaborate on things is just really great because they take the stress off of having to know everything which no one should really have to know everything the people who can know all the stuff for doing the creative recording or writing adventures great more power to you but it is really nice when working with others as a pro to just know that you can rely on folks to help you build your own skill set or take over on certain areas where you're not as well equipped to build off of that for your own projects alone I'd also say, and this is just kind of occurring to me as we're talking, I feel like a sort of emotional skill building pro to doing creative projects with partners is that often it gives you a chance to do some interesting or maybe even complicated and kind of intense troubleshooting and planning around something that is voluntary and positive to kind of chew through a complicated idea or piece of work because it's something that you're both excited about and you want to see what's going to happen if you really try to play around with it. Whereas in a lot of other dimensions of relationships, especially if you are partners who are living together, who are really financially enmeshed, who have a lot of complex involvement in each other's lives, often if you're doing kind of a big and complex planning project, it's just because of stress 
or of something that you have to be doing, like figuring out how to transfer who has all the data and responsibility for a bill, or planning emergency travel, or just things that are important but things that are not necessarily as exciting or as voluntary. Whereas if you are doing creative work together, not necessarily because you are doing it as work, but because you want to be sharing a creative venture, that's a chance to kind of revel in what it looks like and feels like to plan something complex with another person because you're excited to get to do something with them and not because life sometimes makes you make complex plans, but it leaves you hopefully a little bit more equipped for those complex things. I feel like it's a more positive kind of skill building. Finding space to work with people is quite pleasant, and it's it's nice when the emotional end of it works out so that you actually discover more positive things about your partner. I think a, a pro that goes into it is just actually getting to see how much of a goober your partner can be <laughs> around certain topics or certain things where you might, as as your as their partner or as their close friend or both, ideally both, but not always the case. Um, you would know that they were excited about, let's say, X topic, but seeing this creative project where they get to express themselves, especially if it's something they've never done before, but you can see the kind of budding enthusiasm and just energy and just zeal that they might have for this particular project. It is a wonderful thing in terms of a pro to see that in a partner, just to see what gives them happiness and life and gets them just excited to keep going in something that other people would be like that just sounds so tedious and dull and boring to do and it's like no 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 no, it's really fun and it's like no one else in a quarter mile would ever see this as fun but you pick the one partner who gets a ton of excitement out of doing this yeah you do have a lot of google docs for your game campaigns more google docs than i've ever had for a work project and i've had some google drive based work projects babe yeah, I mean to be fair, I, I run I run three camp like to give a sense of how many documents I have, uh I run three campaigns which each have separate sessions and storylines and session notes based off of what happens each time the group meets up. My one home campaign has I think at this point you're gonna have forty four folders, each of which has anywhere from five to six different documents in them covering just the basic things that I need to run a session or that I look towards to plan a session. That's for one campaign and I do that for all three campaigns. A second one has like 15 sessions and the third home campaign that we have with our friends is like 12 folders. I was in charge of transit logistics for an after school program and I did not have that many Google Docs. I like being prepared for things. I like knowing sure I could do. go I like going back to something and knowing that like if my players wanted to go back to a certain location, I remember the very important details about how to do that. You remember which house had a live, laugh, love sign on the wall and whether it was facing east or west. Not that bad, but I do remember a lot of the area details as best I can. I know, I'm being a smartass. But I mean, that's that's kind of the fun. Again, as I was saying, like the fun of doing creative projects as a pro with a partner is that you get to, in a way, see the areas where to love them a little bit more around. Because like knowing that your partner loves doing creative writing and sometimes just needs a boost to be like, hey, do you want me to check in in an hour to see how the poem stuff has been going? Is really helpful because sometimes it's just like, ah, I don't know when to make myself set down time. So having someone just be like, do you need a poke is helpful. And also you get to see the really beautiful things that people come up with. Naomi just working on TTRPG games as 
even though they haven't been able to do that as much lately, it is quite fascinating to hear things like, oh, they're involved in a game jam. And I'm like, oh, those are just things that I always hear like big name people doing or being involved with in my mind. And then knowing that like the one that they're kind of helped co-host on Twitter has, what was it, like 40 submissions at this point? Yeah, 40 submissions. It's still running. It'll be running for a little bit longer. It might still be running depending on how soon I edit this. If it's still running, I'll put a link so you can look at it in process. If it's finished, I'll still put a link so you can look at it after. I co-hosted a game jam called Business Card Jam. So it, And that's a creative project. That's another creative project with people close to me. I'm running it with two of my closer local friends who I met through game design. And they are also lovely examples of what it can look like to share creative work with people. Because sometimes it's a good way to just make time to hang out with people. And to also create space to generatively support your own ideas. Sometimes all it takes is just going hey, do y'all want to come over uh, to my house and do a thing? I have this little idea we could work on together. I'll make tea and bring snacks. And sometimes just even that much space and having other people who are also excited about the thing gives you the dimension of emotional support and groundwork and formatted space to work on creative things that you might not feel like you are allowed to make time for just for your own sake. But when you're sharing it with other people when it's part of a relationship, I know for me projects that I'm sharing with other people are often the projects I end up putting the most work and time into. Even if it's ideas that I wouldn't have thought of before that are mainly another person's idea, there's something really exciting about the sharing of that experience and the fact that it also gets to give you this social energy and connection that makes it valuable in a whole nother way. And to reflect again the dimensions of how useful it is when different people bring their own skill sets. Among our friend group, we had one member who pushed us all to actually organized the date and time and provided the hosting space and the fuel. One member who went real overboard before our meetup even started and made uh, design templates for our game, our game idea and arrived with a laptop and a printer that he stuck in the trunk of his car to make sure we'd be able to print our ideas right there and then. And when we got there and started working on these teeny tiny games, our idea was to make business card games, role-playing games so small that you can fit the whole thing on a business card. I'm the one who went, this sounds like something that the RPG Twitter community would love, and also something we could totally make a game jam page for on itch.io. And my two friends were like, we don't 100% understand how either of those websites work. And I said, no worries, I'm just going to mock up the game jam page right now, and we could launch it tomorrow if we wanted. And then we did! So sometimes an idea that starts as just a little spark with you, if you share it with even a couple of people who you care for, and who you have a good rapport with, it can snowball in really lovely ways. So yeah, I'm a Game Jam co-host now, and that was not something I planned on until about a week ago. But it's a good time. Once you get the ball rolling, it turns out you don't have to do that much. You can let it spiral through the cool creative energy and mindscapes of other people. Which again, it, it's one of the blessings of getting to do things just with other people in general, but especially creative projects with others. You never really can guess what sort of ideas just flourish when you just work with someone else who you vibe with very well. And I imagine there's also the the other side of that too, is that if you are just not communicative with those you are working with, if you are involved in a project that just drags on and there's no clear sense of what people's investment is, it probably feels like such a slog to try and do that when there's often probably a simpler simple question to answer of like are we all even invested in this that's that's a really tricky that's a really humbling thing and an, an 
it's an unnerving thing to ask, especially if it's something where it might be a hobby you like, but maybe you don't like that hobby with your partner. And that's okay. Like sometimes that's a pitfall that can happen with trying to get involved with projects together that turns into a pro is that you realize where the space for you and your partner or partners to be separate people can exist. And that's a very positive thing to have because when you become too codependent and when, especially when I'm thinking in a more logistical or business sense, get involved in a way where you are so enmeshed in a project that you basically start creating a source of arguments for one another because, oh, you're not doing any work on this that is a good source of money for us. It's like, well, I, I never really had any interest after a certain point, but I didn't know how to stop. And it's like, it's probably a sign you there's a lot of points of communication that failed along the way and you need to figure out how to do that here going out, especially if it's going to be something that's very vital to your income or life stability. We've had different hobbies throughout the time of our relationship where we're like, we have different interests in this or we have different, we have the same hobby, but from very different approaches. And sometimes we don't want to share on those. And that's fine because we are separate people. We have different things that motivate us and that's fine it's okay for you to have partners who don't share your same interests that's actually probably healthier yep yeah i'm thinking about i'm thinking about examples and yeah there's a lot i mean i'm <laughs> i'm not going to ever get into D quite the way you are i think but it doesn't mean i can't appreciate the ways that it can be fun and the things that it means to you um even though i also play it it does not mean the same things for me that it does for you i'm in a choir i don't need you to join the choir if you did i'd be fine with it but I have at no point expected you to. My parents are both musicians, but that doesn't mean my mom has to join the band my dad joined. But when dad and I were in the band together, we had a really cool time with it. Different kinds of relationship dynamics can thrive in different ways, and there's no single formula. It's a lot. I like your note about the ways that it can become a point to foment argu arguments around, too. Because I feel like almost anything in a relationship can become that if a communication breakdown is happening. But the more enmeshed it becomes with sort of your sense of self or your livelihood or both, the messier it becomes. If someone is thinking of the project as a big fulcrum of the relationship and another person is going along with it because of that sense, but not because they're actually happy about it or engaged with it, then that can be really draining. There's an article I might try to find to link in the description of this episode, too. I think Captain Awkward has at one point covered the process of trying to break up with a creative partner essentially what to do when you're like halfway through writing a book with someone and you're realizing you don't actually want to write a book with them anymore <laughs> so if i can find that i'll pull that because i'm sure there's some relevant stuff to chew on there as well you never want the things that bring you happiness that keep you going in life that give you energy and such to become a point of toxicity for yourself or for those you care about and that can suck to have the realization like you know maybe i need to take a step away from this project or not be involved with certain things anymore but Sometimes it's for the best for not only just the group, or but also the relationship too. We, I don't think, have too many of those cases that have happened in our relationship, but I think a lot of that has come down to we've taken the time to realize, oh, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't vibe with this. But we're also, I think, trying to be mindful of how we say that to each other instead of just saying, yeah, your hobby sucks. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in this. We're just like, no, it's not my jam. That's fine. Yeah, and that's I think part of what can make it hard for people to back out of a shared project is if it feels like it's tied up in someone's identity or their sense of how they're connected to someone, then saying that you never liked or no longer like or want to change your involvement with that kind of creative work can feel like you're rejecting the person. <laughs> Even if what you're actually saying is, no, I'd love to hang out, but 
not in poetry group. Can we just get brunch? Because sometimes, and because that's that's the thing again. With we we go back to this a lot in different episodes, but figuring out just what are your motivations are when being around someone or hanging out with them. Like I, I think, I'm sure we've talked about this in relation to like sexuality and other uh, topics in terms of how you we discuss intimacy and such. But I think that also comes down to just the trivial things. That part of what it means to talk about relationships with each other in a mature, honest, and more most importantly healthy way. Is figuring it not just in the moments where like, oh, we know how to have these kind of boundaries in, let's say, a kink context or like a physical context or a sexual context, but more importantly, just figuring out like, how do you get along as just people? Where are your boundaries on? I actually not that interested in this topic anymore. And I've had friends bluntly cut me off when I get too enthusiastic about certain topics. And I think I get humbled at those moments, but I realize, no, they're, they're my friend who knows me well enough or tr- or cares about me enough to just be like, I would like to talk about another subject. That's fine. Not everyone wants to go on a certain subject for hours upon hours. That's the nature of not only conversation, but also the nature of figuring out like how to converse with someone who is a friend. Just figuring out where your connection points are, figuring out, again, what your motivations for a conversation, a project, a sexual interaction, a future together, a living situation together because those are all different things that require different kinds of negotiation and conversation and intimacy and communication we harp on this quite a lot in this podcast but really communication does and the dynamics of it do get at the heart of a lot of different topics that we could talk about and have talked about on this podcast before yeah we harp on it because it matters we harp on it because it's worth harping about for probably the rest of time that we're around for because human beings have not universally figured it out yet and it bears repeating so many things take a lot of conversations especially because especially on some fronts in intimate relationships it's really really easy to build assumptions even if you don't realize you're building them or are trying to avoid them because when you know someone really really well you know you then know and believe and trust that you know them really well And so you do build out hypotheticals or senses of why or how they value something or how something would affect them. And if you are working to create something together, then that can, again, make it hard to figure out how to change that dynamic because you can feel really solid and sure that you know why and how much something matters to the other person and what the effects will be if you want to change that dynamic. And you may decide out of mostly hypotheticals that you don't know how to change it or that you're not sure it would be worth it, or you don't know what it would look like, and that can be scary and weird. And if you talk about it, maybe it will still be scary and weird, but you will know more. You will be more able to actually move forward and shift things rather than sinking into or looping into a further pattern. Or just getting stuck in a rut. Like, as a, as a, as a creative writer and someone who's been professionally writing for a long time, being in a rut sucks so much. Like, having these sense of ideas or other elements that you want to put forward on a certain project and just not having either the energy or the drive or just ideas happening or feeling like you have to drag yourself into doing it, it sucks. And to bring another person into that, it sucks even more. You really, really don't want to have that, especially a partner you don't like that is like I mentioned earlier like the whole talk don't let it turn to toxicity in part because like when it does it's just really unpleasant you neither of you feels like end up feeling like a professor or a teacher having to drag a student into doing an assignment and that's I realize some people do creative work as their actual like job or how they hustle or make money but for those who uh, and but I think this also applies for them as well as the folks who are just more casually involved with creative ventures whether it's with a partner 
or with friends or just getting involved with the community space to reconnect with folks who might share your identities you haven't had connection with like it never wants to feel like an obligation like there's a difference i'd say between having responsibilities or connections to people who are important to you in your life and it feeling like an obligation an obligation has such a loaded feeling of like heavy resignation of it's a thing you will have to do as opposed to it's a point of generating life and energy with one another you never really wanted to be the former the former just sucks agreed i'm also kind of just trying to think through in my head what are the different creative projects we've done together and are doing together there's this podcast there are different tabletop game kind of settings creatures experiences ideas a lot of those D&D things where one of us had an idea seed and then the other person worked on it or expanded on it in some ways and I'm feeling like one other dimension where we collaborate but we have different roles in the collaboration is as each other's sort of like project managers slash personal assistants slash editors the part that you talked about of checking in with and poking someone when you know that they're trying to make time for their writing and going, hey, would it help if I come check in with you in an hour and we talk about what you've been doing? There have been times where you've asked me to help you generate prompt ideas or structural limits for your poems to help you get in gear with writing a poem. We've both done the, hey, check in with me at this time and see if I've done what I planned to do thing a lot. And we've also been each other's editors. We've both read each other's stuff. I've literally edited things you've written sometimes as in gone through and seen if there were misspellings we've done the audio editing shared process element where you taught me how to do reverb on audacity and i taught you how to remove background noise on audacity and we just like skill shared there i would add the correction how to get rid of background noise correctly because i have done it incorrectly and i messed up an entire audio track that i had to redo because i did not know how to properly do it so naomi had to show me Yes, you got rid of the wrong noise. (laughs) That was unfortunate. But it's one of those things where I feel like there are often collaborations where it's not that... It's not 50-50. It's not idea for idea. We're not both doing the same kinds of work on it. It's not I write half of the poem and you write half of the poem. It's you write the poem and I help create the context and the idea spark where you feel like you have space to do a poem. And then I read it and I let you know what felt like the most resonant lines. Or things like where I'm chewing on an idea and I go, I have this idea and I feel like I could fit into this, it could fit it into this game system, but structurally I don't know what that would mean. Can I give you this very rough amorphous thing that's more like a poem than a game mechanic and can you tell me more about what it would take to make it be a game mechanic? Yeah, we we do that exchange quite a lot. Or I do that for you quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, what's this cute theme idea? It's like, okay, are you trying to... include dice in this or you're trying to include storytelling prompts or images or you're trying to just have people leave with a product or like because I know some games can end up where like you end up with a poem or you end up with a letter or like you drew a picture that's the end takeaway from it or you You might have a map yeah Yeah. you made a map or you have a LARP where you might have like quote-unquote prop things that you leave with I made a bracelet at a LARP I didn't have to but I did point being we we've been involved in a lot of projects and again that it goes back to the communicating and expectations thing probably an element that's maybe a good way to close out talking about this is how you talk about being grateful or recognizing and again going back to that notion of like citing the people who've been involved with something sometimes it's not about like just saying the people who are like oh yeah they were my partner on this whole venture sometimes it's just about hey i had a community back me with money during the days where i was struggling for rent or needed it to cover when a sudden expense came up or 
hey, my partner just gave me a prompt for this. Thank you to my partner for helping structure this. Sometimes just gratefulness and the recognizing the kind of people who not only directly contributed to a project's fulfillment or creation, but also created the context in which that project can flourish. That's also another way of being grateful to the connections and people involved in your life. If there's also been another takeaway that perhaps hasn't been as consistent on our channel, well, not channel, our podcast, I'm thinking of this as a YouTube channel. Our social media presence. Yeah, our presence on different uh, mediums. It's that there is always a background context. There is always background communities and other people involved. You are, however frightening it is to think about, you're always already enmeshed in the histories and connections with other people. And in a way, you're always already collaborating and involved with others. It's the extent to which you actually feel in working in tandem with them or feel connected because you can be very you can feel very isolated but that doesn't necessarily mean it is the case and i think part of the pro and pitfall of doing collaborative creative ventures is that sometimes you feel like oh i I don't know if i'm being supported on doing this and sometimes that's from my perspective like it's mental health stuff because anxiety and depression suck as time demons to they suck ass they 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 feed on your creative energy a lot of the time and drain you of it and sometimes it's taking the moment to realize hey i've had people who have been wanting to support me through this project for a while and i didn't realize it and that's kind of a pro of like doing creative ventures with other folks is that sometimes it's just like you know what actually that idea did give me a lot to work with and i thought like that you hear like do a prompt about i don't know like a write a poem about strawberries and like i haven't thought about strawberries and fucking like three weeks why would I do this and then I I remember revising a piece about my grandfather that I remember or with my dad I used to go and pick strawberries and it was a very emotional heartfelt piece that I wouldn't have thought about because unless my partner thought do a silly poem about this or just do a poem about this sometimes people give you inspiration and in other ways give you life and love and joy in a way that also is a positive to doing creative ventures with people you love and care about and it's it's kind of nice to to take moments to recognize that input from not just the people who are like 50-50 in a venture with you, but also are just rooting for you in small ways that do actually mean a lot in the long run. If your partner does all the dishes and you write poetry, your partner is a collaborator on your poetry, I think. <laughs> that if your partner is like Naomi, the one bringing you like a bag of chips that you really like to keep you well and fed because your stomach's being aggravated again. Your partner is a collaborator on your project. If your partner buses to the grocery outlet in the dark <laughs> and and gets you ginger ale, your partner is a collaborator. Yes. If, if your partner is being an active partner, then on some front they are helping facilitate your work. And that doesn't mean you cite them in a hyper-official way always, but it means think about what's happening and what it means to be in partnership. And if you are an artist, whether or not you're thinking of yourself as actively having partners in that arc, think about what your community looks like and what shape it has. Both because, as Angela noted, you may find it really affirming. It may encourage you to think about what networks of relational support you already have. Or if you think about that and it really doesn't feel affirming, that's an important thing to notice because there may be, you know, frayed spots, drains in the kind of energy and capacity that you have to give to the things you love that are happening because you're not being supported in the ways that you need and deserve as a human being. Because we are living beings who need connection. And if you are in a space where you're feeling like your work is unacknowledged and that you aren't getting structural support and you don't have relationships that feel generative to you, that's going to affect your creative work. Suffering artist tropes are some exhausting bullshit. Like, you don't have to be sad 
to be a creative. You don't have to be lonely. You do not have to be in a cabin in the woods. Also, I think it was fucking Thoreau. Was it Thoreau who his mom did all his laundry while he was at Walden Pond? I think that was it. So yeah, she was an uncredited collaborator of Close Relationship, too. A lot of historic dude poets did not do their own laundry. A lot of historic dude writers, their wives typed up their manuscripts, so were in fact the editors and were improving the texts and were not cited anywhere. That's a historical and structural pitfall that comes up in creative projects a lot. People who are actively non-cited because their work and contributions are not seen as work. That's a small venting moment that does not need to take up a ton of the episode, but that is important. No, I mean, I'm going to add to that, too, and that, like, recognize that when we talk about creative ventures, pros and pitfalls, we're not just talking about, like, who's directly involved in the project, but the background communities, too, who are involved, and also the expectations that you as an individual are already involved with and juggling from others because I know there's kind of people who even let's say in PSC communities who might love someone like for example Tolkien or a lot of the big fantasy grades to speak more towards the area where I work in more like bear in mind Tolkien had a wife who did pretty much all of his housework and a lot of like laundry and all those other things he was to my knowledge a terrible professor who had other people who he basically outsourced a lot of his like lesson planning or editing related work to his to his work as a professor like there are a lot of elements to where if he wasn't able to have all those structures in place he wouldn't have done half of the work that he accomplished so outside of just being a shitty dude who didn't credit a lot of people there's a lot to be said for thinking about your own expectations of yourself and just how much you are actually valuing the work of people around you that can be a pitfall that you might be the one who has to realize you are not I don't want to say not doing enough, but not giving credit enough to people. And it doesn't have to necessarily be 50-50, but just acknowledging there are others involved in the project. Actively noticing, seeking to understand the peripheral involvements that are still really, really essential to making projects happen. Saying thanks. And again, it, it leads to the case where if we talk about that's one of the biggest pitfalls is when you actively disavow the people who have let you be there one of the biggest pros of being involved with other people is just you get to realize how you love them even more i would say and how in a lot of ways they love you and love being very broad in this case and being just are affectionate towards you just want to see you strive without any qualifications or maybe actually are involved in a romantic intimate way with you and want to see more of those elements that let you be a nerdy ass goober who is has an interest that your partner doesn't understand maybe and in fact, might not ever be interested in, but perhaps wants a little input and tries and finds out they're not as interested in it, but they still want to see you shine. That's that's still a healthy partnership. That doesn't say anything about whether or not you have a terrible relationship or not. It just might mean you have separate interests because you are separate people. And that can be a pro is actually figuring out, no, we are not compatible in this hobby. Or we, need, or we have very different dynamics and investment in that hobby, and that's okay. Sometimes I feel like it becomes its own pro in that it means then your partner can be a sounding board, but they're not soaked in all of the norms, assumptions, or social relationships of that hobby or creative practice in the same way you are. So sometimes they're in a good place to shake you out of assumptions you didn't realize you had about your work or how it does or doesn't have to look, and that can be really valuable if you're both entrenched in a creative practice in almost exactly the same way, then the ways you affect each other's perspective are different. I think sort of as a nice ending note uh, and takeaway, because we like to give takeaways on this podcast. We do. Is that being aware where you're coming from, 
being aware of just what each other's of what expectations you have of one another that's sort of been a running theme with a lot of the topics we've talked about and creative ventures is just once again it's just another case where figuring out what you expect of one another and i being able to work out a capacity in which you can talk about those expectations and in a way remove these sort of expected quote-unquote social scripts or programming that just don't work for you can happen it's a really wonderful and joyful thing to get to be involved with because life is quite too short to be involved in a hobby that brings you happiness and just is a drag to your partner and to not have the capacity to just frankly and maturely talk about that with your partner not good for either of you like just be in a place where you realize like you know we have expectations about who who's for example supposed to like this hobby uh what should a designer of this game or of a game be like and us being able to talk about like yeah that doesn't make sense for us it helps like knowing managing the expectations that you might feel are natural or like this is just what everyone does is and figuring out which part of that is an active choice and which part of it is just things we've accepted as the truth that are not actually the case it's a good thing and it's a healthy thing to do in a partnership whether that involves one or more people agreed hey babe thanks for recording with me you're welcome Thanks for figuring out how to get back into the swing of this thing we haven't done in a little bit. It felt really good. But yeah, we've been doing a lot of exciting things lately. Angela continues to be on some really cool game streams. And we're just, we are making art. We are making different kinds of art than this sometimes, but we are still both making art. And I'm really happy for the chances that we get to think about and share that with you, our audience, as well. Also, babe, was it the Welcome to the Party Discord that helped you brainstorm prompts for this? Yes. Yeah, so to those folks who are listening in from the Welcome to the Party um, RPG community, thank you for submitting your topics. We will probably be getting to a few more of the ones that you all submitted. Uh, I forget who in particular gave this topic, but uh, whoever you are, if you're listening to this, thank you. And thank you for giving us some material to work with for hopefully the next few months. Yeah, you gave us a super cool list, Welcome to the Party Discord crew. <laughs> Like, I really liked it, and we have it all saved. So even if you've forgotten what you suggested, maybe in a couple of weeks you'll go, oh, yeah, I did tell them that maybe they should talk about this. But yeah, the shared creative projects with partners prompt, we really liked that, and it felt like a good one to dig into while returning to a shared creative project that we had been out of the swing of for a little bit. As always, thank you. Welcome to the party for, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, uh, being involved in the process of yeeting joy. I like that. I hope that's something we could do on our show in general as well. That's a good philosophy and also goofy as hell. I suppose with that being the case, with wrap up and promo pretty much being done, uh, we should do our little outro. So do you want to be the one to say the last bit or do you want me? I'll do the last bit. Okay. So as always, I'm Angela. I'm Naomi. And as always, we are Queerly Yours. Queerly Yours is edited and produced by Naomi Bosch with intro and outro music by Angela Lemos-Mogrovejo. Thank you.